0: If someone you love is struggling with their mental health, you don't have to struggle alone. Call or text 988 to get resources and support from trained crisis counselors who can help you help them. 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Hope has a new number. This is Dream Power Radio, the place where your dreams turn into reality. Here is your host, Debbie Specter weissman
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network, powered by Raven International. I'm your host, Debbie Specter weissman the Dream Coach. This is a show where we talk about dreams, both daytime and nighttime dreams, and how you can use them to make the internal shift to a life you love. And we bandy the word dream around all the time. Pay attention to your dreams. Sweet dreams. Your dream job. Dare to dream. And why is this? Well, dreams are our aspirations, our desires, what we want more than anything in the world. And for most of us, no dream is more important than finding our dream partner. But why is this so hard to make happen for a lot of people? Why do our dream dates often turn into nightmares? And how do we turn this around to get the love in our life we believe we deserve? Well, we're going to explore all this with my guest, Tom Zeeman. He's the author of the new book, Creating the Relationship of Your Dreams, How to Manifest It from Fantasy to Reality. Welcome to Dream Power Radio, Tom. You know, it's such an honor, Debbie, to be on this program. I tell you, Tom, I've always believed that it's hard, if not impossible, to find the relationship of our dreams if we don't love ourselves first.
0: Would you agree with that? I think you've read my book. I think you're, 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 you're stealing my thunder, but no. I You know, when I did the cover, I wanted it to make, and I have an amazing graphic designer, uh, Eric LeBanks, and we wanted to create something That would give the idea of a fantasy. But knowing that if you actually read this, there's no fantasy about it. You said the key thing. There's nothing magic about this. But if you do the steps, if you start with loving yourself, no matter how hard you think it can be, which is part of forgiveness, acceptance. Acceptance is the, the key. Doing the inner work and doing the outer work, then magical things happen. There's really no magic about it. But when you put into play, when, this is a universe, this is my, and again, I, I always like to do housekeeping before I do these. Anything I say, I never say I'm right on any interview. I do. To anybody I talk to, these are right for me. They make sense for me. And if they make sense for you, awesome, you win. But guess what? If you vehemently disagree with anything I say in here, that's good because you know yourself and you win. Yes, it's the self-love. And I'll speak to 15 to 100 people when I'm speaking or on stage or whatnot or even one-on-one. I'll ask them this question. And I say, you don't have to answer it, but I like them to. I said, do you love yourself more than anybody in the world? And it's astounding. Some I get like shock. Some are, you know, wh- what? Some are like don't want a headlight. And really, it's not a narcissistic question. So that if you can get to that point, and again, not narcissism, but to, to give that love, that's step one. Number two is doing the inner work, which we're going to talk more about as we go on, but then doing the outer work. You do those, and again, I, I believe this is just my belief. I believe the universe, source, whatever you want to call it, doesn't care what you ask for. It returns what you ask for, whether you're asking, whether people do it in meditation or prayer, or a burning desire. But whatever you hold in your mind, I mean, this has been promulgated by the wisest men and women for eons, thousands of years. In the Bible, uh, it says, "Ask and it shall be given; seek and you shall find." This. This is an old world truth. And again, the sad thing that you see, Debbie, and that I see, we see so many people that want and they're going everywhere, clutching for straws, scratching, but they don't know what it is. They know they want something, but they don't know what it is or really how to ask for it. And getting back
1: to the topic of self-love and loving ourselves, uh, I'd be remiss. I had, this is a show about dreams, and you actually had a dream which enabled you to go on those steps to learning how to love yourself. So can you briefly just explain about the dream and what happened as a result?
0: Oh, man, I had just—I'm uh, an anger okay? that's another— That's another interview at another point, but very angry. I had ended a 17 year relationship with a beautiful woman because I was an idiot and I was emotionally immature. I'm at home alone and I I couldn't say whether the ghost of Spaulding, Captain Spaulding had visited me or whether it was just a hypnagogic imagination, but the key didn't really matter because the subconscious works in amazing ways. The key thing is that I was um, wise enough at that point to write down everything I gleaned from what he came to. I needed him at that point. I needed myself. Whatever I needed, it came that day, and it was it was astounding, and it's in much great details that I wrote about it. But it was a catalyst. It was a spark. And the key thing that I can advise anybody, if you're serious about any kind of relationship, it starts with it starts about forgiveness, self-forgiveness, and acceptance. You don't have to like it. You cannot step in the same river twice that you did. You're not the same person you were yesterday, let alone a week ago. And if you look at the, at the thoughts that you carried and the beliefs that you had back then to right now, I, I challenge you to challenge my premise on that. So he came to me. It was like he, he was wearing the same clothes at our last dinner we had in Chicago on the north side at Ann Sather restaurant he was a younger guy and he just gave it was it was so real you know how dreams you can't like you can't have your rational mind and you just go along with it well this was more than that it was a deeper it was it 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 just it's what i needed and it helped me do this it helped me the key point is that because i digress so much and this is such a short such a short time that we're given here on your program thank you is that you have to be willing. For me, I had to be willing to see myself in an unflattering light and be okay with it and, knew, and, and know from that point that I have work to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I want to get back to you mentioned anger uh because i know you know, you've, you've said you had anger issues in the past you even read a, wrote a book about it about how you tamed what you call your anger dragon uh, My it isn't too, right, but is it true <laughs> that yeah, that's great 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 plug that's a, uh, that's but isn't it true that anger is also the death knell for many relationships
0: Oh, it destroys, you know, Buddha said it best, One of said, one, said it beautifully, 25, 2800 years ago, and he said, you will not be punished for your anger, you'll be punished by it. Holding anger in, he also said, was that like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. It is a poison, it is a destroyer, and the, the saddest truth is that... She, you know, there's a power to it. The 30 seconds that you go off on someone and you say your mind can destroy a 30-year relationship. So it's really a question of, here's here's a beautiful question. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? There's always a time and a place to do that. Now, anger is used in a proper way. Let's talk about the good parts about it. Yeah, there's a great part about anger. Anger can it can save you. It's the reptilian part of our brain, it's that fight or flight that when Smilodon came in our cave 12 to 15,000 years ago, you had to be ready using that, using your anger for fuel. And again, when I talk about an anger dragon, my great friend, it was wise, Steve McSwain said this, he said, Tru- truth be told, we have many anger, many different dragons, the ego dragon, the sadness dragon, the worry dragon, but for our, for our conversation here, the anger dragon, the anger dragon is not your enemy. The, the the dragon within you is your friend it makes a terrible master but it makes an amazing servant it's how do you tame that dragon how do you tame the dragon much like the monkey mind which you've talked about before Debbie it's to thank it it's there because there's something within you with, that is calling out to you say hey, there's an issue here it can protect you but you control it you ride you ride the dragon and don't let it ride you I tell you know it's so true that you know
1: Emotions like anger and fear, and all of those we would consider negative, actually are valid emotions to have. I mean, never want to discount anybody's emotions, but they're valid. It's when it's taken to the excess. If you're angry all the time, or you take your anger out on other people, or. All that—that's where the harm comes in, and and again, you not have a loving relationship if anger takes center stage. So that—that's one of the keys that you talk about in in uh, having a good relationship. Uh, one of the other things that you talk about is the the idea of it's not a good thing to fall in love with love explain that what do you mean by that,
0: now that it, it took me many years to figure this out doing an av- a lot of online dating and not meeting the person and all of a sudden Miss <gasps> Wright which happened to be Miss Wright now as things turned out came into your life and you have these expectations of what they are without meeting the person you're falling in love with the power of ether you've heard of love sickness. That's what it is. They can say one thing and all of a sudden you're in the depths of despondency. You can say another thing and you're at the heights of the, um, of the Colossus of Zeus way up at the top. I mean, the highest highs, the lowest lows and love is a beautiful thing. There's, I look at it as a uh, love as a multifaceted gemstone. And there's so many aspects of it. The real love the real love, the unconditional love, which Gandhi and Jesus Christ would talk about, something that very few of us, and I, I'm gonna pound my chest and say, I'm not there. But really to get to that level of altruism and to get that, because the, when the relationship, when you when you meet that person, like I said, falling in love with love, meeting the person, I go, I'm like, what, what is this? This is not my beautiful girlfriend. This is not my beautiful life. I mean, it's like, what happened? And it wasn't being honest with myself. It wasn't giving the other person a chance to live up to my expectations, my fault. Because the relationship is going to be exciting in the beginning. That's what we love. We want excitement, in my opinion. Excitement, that, that newness, that nuance is the, the, the new sex. You know? But, you know, after all that's done, the realness of the relationship steps in. That, that, to me, is where it's the tipping point. That is where you can take it to the next level. Or you goes down. There's always people who are always looking for something. It's a con for guys, especially. Guys are going to hate me in this book because I'm calling us out. I'm calling me out. It's the conquest. The conquest, which has nothing to do with that love. You get to the point of that self-love, and I think a lot of these games go away. Not always.
1: There's another concept that you bring up uh, called emotional soil. So tell me a bit about that how do we get our hands dirty to be able to
0: actually go in the dirt and get dirty with it? Yes. You know, there's a great writer out there. Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. has written so many books. I mean, the guy's, I mean, he's been like a huge supporter of mine and he doesn't write so much about that, but reading his work. In fact, I put him at the top of the chapter of emotional gardening. Um, He says it in different ways. He does a lot of Toltec wisdom. And I thought about this question before we got on here. So let's talk about if I can use an analogy the the soil the soil is us the soil is what we are and if we talk i'm I'm a hardcore gardener okay people used to know when i was angry they couldn't even walk on my grass i mean that's another story okay they're laughing right now i know when we talk about ph it goes from zero to 14 it's that middle balance for most things not acid loving plants like rhododendron but that middle point that we want to get to if if we're stuck if we're stuck Focusing on the past, about the person we used to be, about the mistakes we used to do, what, what they did to us, and not giving ourselves a love. These things we cannot suppress. Talk to any psychologist, which I'm not. I have no PhDs. I am not a medical doctor, nothing. That's why I brought some authors into my book to help me to give a little credi- credibility here. But point being, if you ask them when they're talking to you, like Freud was a genius, Tell me about your relationship with your mother. Yeah, I mean, he goes back and he's looking for these things because it's my opinion, based on what I've read in my feelings, you can't suppress, these things will seek expression. They need to be dealt with. Acceptance, acceptance, and then working on it. Okay, hey, I did this, but you know, you gotta do the work too. The universe loves, you know, the, the universe prefers the backbone over the wish world. Mm,
1: Very interesting thought on which to stop for a moment. We are going to take a little break. We are speaking with Tom Zeman about relationships and we'll be right back. What do Thomas Jefferson, Elias Howe, and Paul McCartney have in common? They all understood the value of dreams. And as a result, the ideas, inventions, and creations from their dreams affect us to this day. What great ideas are you leaving on your pillow at night? Sign up for a complimentary consultation at my website, thedreamcoach.net, and discover why your dreams are a terrible thing to waste.
0: Welcome back to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Spector-Weissman.
1: Yes, welcome back to Dream Power Radio. I'm your host, Debbie Specter weissman and we're speaking with author Tom Zeman about how to find and get the relationship of your dreams. So Tom, let's say you have done all the inner work and you're now ready to find a person to love. So tell me,
0: what's the first step you need to take? How do you attract yourself? These ideas I'm gonna share have been right for me and right for a lot of the people that have read the book and said that they worked. So if they work, great. I'll throw out some great ideas. If we give if we give ten ideas and one is great for you, your life is better. So if I understood your question collection, now that we've done the inner work, we have we have to attract what we want, we must become attractive so we've done that work let's just say that we're there now it's like hmm what do we especially with COVID-19 going on just uh, just another fly in the ointment making it more difficult to actually go out there because I'm a big proponent of dating sites I have been and there's some good ones um I, I liked match I've there's plenty of fish and there's good ones just find what, what works for you but when you do When you do your profile, use a current photo. Don't use one from like 15 years ago because immediately, if you ever meet them or if you go on a Zoom meeting like this, they're going to look at that photo and look at you and suddenly your relationship or what you're beginning really starts off on an awkward foot or one just not based on truth. And it's, I, I think I'd much rather be hurt with truth than, you know, uh, lied to and find out down the line. So if you don't have like, aside from a great photo, have some, have have it professionally done or have someone can take some nice photos. If you take a hundred on your cell phone, you'll get one that you'll like. The next thing is when you write your profile, don't write it Don't Don't have someone else write it, write it from the heart and write it. What is what you really believe? Not what you think that the person will want to hear, but what you really enjoy. You might be surprised. People might like you for who you are. You know, I, I've been telling people for years, it's far, find your tribe far better to go where um, you're celebrated merely than tolerated. People might like you. I'm weird. I, I'm okay. I'm a strange guy. I'm not for everybody, but I am. I'm for my wife. I am for my dear friends. They know what they who they get. They get this intense, sort of former anger prone that still comes out. Time um, not obsequious, but sometimes overly fawning guy. I like the idea of the websites that actually allow you to do a a video because the real I feel the real self can be caught on there. And take practice when you do it. Put your best foot forward. So again, that's just one aspect of. How do you meet somebody? Now, here's the next part. Tell everyone, I'm single. I'm looking. And don't judge by a, uh, by a look. <clears throat> You'd be surprised uh, how many times I've been wrong by just judging people by the way they look. And when I talk to them, I go, whoa, freaking idiot. I could have had a great friendship. Even if it doesn't turn out to be romantic, you got a friend or someone maybe that you're going to share some wonderful things with. Uh, you just never know. Now, you might know within the first 15 minutes. Don't drag it on. Be, be, again, just say, hey, I, I really like you. It's probably not what you want to hear. Um, I'd like to be friends, but it, it, I just don't know if this is going anywhere. Be up front. And it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game and just be open to it. It's one thing a lot of people say, well, I'm single and I want to, are you looking for somebody? Yes. Are you willing to go out and do the work? And then they don't do it. You know, it's the 1% inspiration that they have. Hey, I'm tired. I'm tired of being alone when they haven't yet figured out Debbie, something that you know very well, the difference of being lonely and being alone. And I think we even said before when you and I were talking, it's far better to be alone than to wish you were. I want to get into the next part, which is obviously
1: physical attraction plays a major role in finding a partner. But as I know, and I'm sure you do, anyone who's been in a relationship for a long time knows that that physical part wears off kind of fast. And what's more important is, you know, what's inside you, the values of the person. So what are some of the kind of questions that are good to ask of somebody to kind of find out if they
0: do have the the right compatible nature for you? Wonderful, wonderful questions. And what I would say on this is that I like a Socratic method most of, for my whole life I was guilty of trying to figure out anticipating what the person was going to say so I could have my answer ready and not listening listening is going to be key listening reflective listening feeding back what you heard is going to be key I look for what I'm looking at, when I can look at you and talk to you as opposed to emails where we can hide some stuff texts are very cryptic but when i talk to you I'm, and I'm going to listen i'm going to watch your body language i'm going to watch your eyes i'm going to listen for what you say so when you ask your question here what kind of questions ask about the person this is going to be subjective on you ask them things that are personal to you what their interests are what do you, you know, and if, if you feel comfortable, maybe not on the first time, maybe to scare him off, you know, Do you, are you looking for a long-term relationship? But maybe that's a good question. Stuff that is going to be personal to you. What are your interests? Um, I don't like getting into politics. Absolutely not. That's for another thing. Some people like James Carville and his wife, um, you know, he's like a, a staunch liberal and she's a Republican. <laughs> and... They work it out. It, to me, that's that doesn't work for me, but that's for another thing. But it's just how many commonalities can we look for? I mean, talk about food. I mean, are, are they a pescatarian? Are they a vegetarian? Um, do they eat meat? Is that going to be offensive? Alcohol. Uh, and, uh, two parts to this. Do not go on a first date, even on a Zoom meeting with alcohol. Don't do it. Be cognizant, be aware, be clear-minded. You can save that for something special. If you're going to have a wonderful glass of wine or something, but be very, I just word to the wise. I've just seen the horror things happen. Um, and you don't bring out your best person, I would say. Um, the questions, the, their life interests, their hobbies. That's another thing. When you t- We're going back to what you said before of where to find people. It's hard to go on meetups right now. There might be virtual ones, but stuff that you really like, maybe you like painting, maybe you like bird watching. go to those type of things, go alone, be your best friend, you, you develop that relationship within your own soulmate you're not going to, uh, of course, it's always more fun to go with someone and people are in t- so scared to go alone. Man, they might have spent time with themselves, but you might be surprised who you might meet. Yeah, but, you know, but also
1: the thing about going to places, I like say go to places when you can go to places and go yes. Yes. You by yourself. I've always found that very often when you step a little bit outside of your comfort zone, you get rewarded. You know you're taking that chance it's it's it feels a little uneasy maybe a little scary but when you take that chance it's like the universe knows and they reward you <laughs> you go and you and have no expectations, but just go with an open attitude, and you never know what's going to happen. You
0: just said two great things, because I like parables, and I like, I like maxims. And number one, I think it was might have been Buddha who said, um, she who goes through life with, an, with, um, with a clenched fist receives nothing. And also that ships, I don't know if he said this, someone said that ships are safe in harbor, but that's not where ships were designed for. Mm, very interesting.
1: Mm. Okay, so here's one for you. Okay. If there is one quality, if you just had to name one quality mm-hmm. that you value most in a good
0: loving relationship, what would it be? It's gonna be different for everybody. Now, if you're asking me personally, yeah, there's so many of them, and I touch upon this in the book as well. Um laughter is a wonderful point. You just, you made an earlier wonderful point that, you know, looks don't last forever. Now there's gotta be some attraction initially. You're not going to be with a dog per se, unless that, you know, they have just such a marvelous personnel. There's gotta be something there, but uh, you know, looks don't last forever. We're not going to be young and pretty forever. Uh, It was a current, that old song that says, who'll be turning you on. I will. When you get old and your looks are gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain and or was it uh, the Carpenter, something like that? So it's it's that to develop that friendship, a friendship. I, I laughter and friendship really can help a relationship for a long. Time. Sometimes people, you know, especially if we're getting up in age, it's more. It's it's not even the sexual thing. I mean, to me, that's important. It's companionship. It's a big thing. So friendship, finding a finding your friend. Hey, you got to be your own friend first, as
1: we've talked about. This is true. I tell you, you know, I will vouch for the laughter part because uh, you know I've been married a long time, and uh, I will admit, you know, we've had ups and downs because you can't be married for as long as we have and not have ups and downs. Just <laughs> the nature of life itself. Uh, but I would say, you know, the thing that obviously, you know, there's there's a love there, a deep love there. But the thing that I always say, the thing is. My husband always makes me laugh.
0: Laughter has a lot to do with your health, too. There was a one, Norman Cousins wrote a wonderful book years ago called Anatomy of an Illness, where he was supposedly, and I'll paraphrase here this real fast for lack of time, but he had supposedly an incurable cancer um, he had six months to live, and he cured himself, according to the book, with laughter. He was watching The Three Stooges and a lot of the funny programs, and then he wrote about it. And so there's, there's something to be said, a physiological change, the releasing of serotonin into our body, healing properties that laughter and those feelings have to do with. I'm not a doctor. I don't have a PhD, but there's something to be said about that. And I think you can find scientifically proof um, that that, that that actually is beneficial.
1: Oh, it is. And actually, you know, I've had on my show a laughter yoga expert. You know, I don't know if you know about laughter yoga, but it's actually formalized, ritualized laughter and and they've done because they've been around for a while they've done studies about it and yes it has you know the benefits it helps and it helps you breathe better so it helps your immune system just for medical benefits forgetting the psychological benefits of
0: which there are many so absolutely yeah. and, and, and the key point too before i forget here it's being able to laugh at yourself when you do something that's funny just let it Go. I mean, a lot of people won't try anything, Debbie, because they're afraid of how that they're going to look right. They won't try roller skating, something they've always wanted to do because they're afraid of how they'll be seen or ice skating or painting or anything because of what people will say. Screw that. You have to crawl before you can walk and you have to be able to look at yourself in a laughable way. People are going to love you more, that real person, if you can. And, and the person who sees
1: you laughing at yourself may find that adorable and attractive, Indeed. and there you have it. But on that note, we can't believe you're just about out of time. So quick ah. final question, Tom. Yeah. How can people find out about the book and about you?
0: Uh, thank you so much. Facebook is a is a wonderful way to get a hold of me. Look for Tom Zeman, Z-I-E-M-A-N-N um got three books on amazon right now just go to amazon.com and look for thomas being indubitably thomas thomas Zeman. there's three books there's one on relationships there's one on anger and there's one about the layman's guide to spirituality called the department of zenitation all wonderful
1: books so tom thank you so much for being on dream power radio today we've been speaking with author tom zeman on finding your dream relationship I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Until next time, this is Debbie Spector-Weissman saying, sweet dreams, everybody. You've been listening
0: to Dream Power Radio with your host, Debbie Specter weissman For more information on Debbie or to sign up for her newsletter, go to dreampowerradio.com. This has been Dream Power Radio on the amazing Women and Men of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming network. Powered by Raven International.